Greetings, my friends, and welcome to the premiere edition of the Story Q podcast. I'm Frank Erickson. Story Q is a monthly magazine dedicated to telling tasty barbecue tales. It's packed with recipes, tips, reviews, and stories that appeal to anyone with a passion for barbecue, but especially backyarders and competitors. Story Q is published by Yoder's Smoky Mountain Barbecue, along with a team of fantastic contributors from the barbecue community. Laverne Gingrich, Story Q's founder, and I decided to create this podcast to bring you closer to what Story Q is all about. And that story is about great barbecue and great people. So each week, I'll sit down with someone from the barbecue business or industry, and they'll share their experience and help you be a better backyard barbecue chef, or just share some tips with you on the best way to grill a steak or how to grill succulent moist chicken without setting the bird on fire. So we hope you'll join us each and every week. The Story Q podcast is produced for you. We want you to be part of the program, so we want to hear from you on what you like, what you don't like, people you would like us to interview, or maybe you're looking for info on what might be the best smoker or grill for you. Tell us, and we'll work on that. The premiere edition of the Story Q podcast is brought to you by StoryQ.com, and we invite you to visit the Story Q site and subscribe. One of the things Laverne and I talked about was who would be our first guest. Well, there's no shortage of people that we want to have as part of the StoryQ program, but I thought, who better to talk to than the headman himself? In 2012, Laverne launched the first and only monthly magazine dedicated to barbecue. He wanted to share his belief with the world that barbecue is fun, easy, and amazing. He also believed barbecue should be taught using stories, words and pictures that spread the love of barbecue in a fun and attractive way. Thus, Story Q was born. Laverne Gingrich has been involved in publishing and barbecue since he was a young boy. And over the years, his passion and skills have grown, and he's truly an expert in the business and industry of barbecue. So without further ado, let's bring on Story Q's founder, publisher, and editor, Laverne Gingrich. Laverne, how are you today? Very good. Glad to hear it's, it. Uh, yeah, blue skies and uh, 70 degree weather, actually 80. Man, so that's, it's an awesome day. That's perfect barbecue season, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> an excellent way. Well, we're here to talk about the magazine that you launched a couple of years ago. And uh, of course, I'm a subscriber. I've uh, fortunately, uh, you've allowed me to share some of my writings with, uh, with the readers. And I'm really enjoying uh, just being a part of Story Q magazine. And more importantly, what other people are putting in there, what you're putting in there. And it's just a a great connection for somebody like myself, who I'm not a professional barbecuer, but I play one in real life. And, uh, and Story Q has really made, uh, made that connection for me with barbecue and your magazine a lot more meaningful. So with all that said, what was it that prompted you to create Story Q magazine? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm, uh, I appreciate your kind words there, Frank. That's, uh, that means a lot because that's that's what Story Q is all about. But getting to your question there, uh, it it goes back quite a ways in my life. Uh, first of all, you know I'm very passionate about publishing and creativity, mm-hmm. and I've been in this space since I was very young. Uh, I grew up in a publishing ministry, uh, working with my dad. Uh, you know. It was, since I was quite young. And when I was 17 years old, I, I helped launch a print magazine 
that we were pub- that we started publishing there for prisoners. Wow. Uh, and I've been leading the editorial team for that magazine for uh, getting close to 15 years. So I just really enjoy the creative outlets that that work gives me, you know, with design and uh, writing and some web development and things like that. So, and then uh, in addition to that, um, before we launched Story Q, I had actually had my own graphic design and website development studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was through that that I actually got involved in selling the Metacreek barbecue equipment, which in turn introduced me to, uh, you know, this whole new world, or not new world, but this whole exciting world of low and slow barbecue. Yeah. And then, then we started publishing uh, free barbecue-related content, uh, recipes, buyer tips, and things like that to, to attract a following. Um, but yeah, then eventually, uh, out of that, uh, you know, when that started picking up, I eventually decided to just push back my custom work uh, for my clients so that I could focus more on the barbecue business. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really wanted to build some kind of platform where we could teach people how easy it was to cook amazing barbecue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you and I both know that there's that intimidating side of barbecue, you know, with all the competitors and the legendary pit masters that do all night cooks. Sure. Uh, I didn't, I didn't come from that background. Um, and some of that makes barbecue feel like rocket science. And then on the other hand, you have, the uh, the chicken wrapper method uh, that right. tells you how to cook a, a chicken in three sentences. You know, you just look on the package and it says you, uh, you know, you just basic steps and boom, you're done. And, and right. it assumes that you know everything about barbecue. Uh, so I, I wanted to share my belief with the world. Uh, I guess in doing the Story Q magazine, I really wanted to help people see that barbecue is fun and easy and amazing all at the same time. And I also believe that barbecue should be taught with stories, not just not just uh, a short ingredient list and a paragraph that tells you how to do it. Uh, you know, I felt like words and pictures, uh, we wanted to use words and pictures that spread the love of barbecue in a fun, uh, not only a fun way, but also in an attractive way. You know, it's so. interesting that you mentioned that because as, you know, I've only been, I wouldn't say in the barbecue business. I'm not really in the barbecue business, although I like writing the articles for Story Q. And uh, I'm entering my first contest this summer uh, in the amateur division or the backyard division. But the, the interesting thing and that one of the things I love about barbecue is when you talk to people, you're either talking about technique, equipment, or you're telling a story of how you got around into barbecue or you went to a barbecue restaurant or uh, I was recently down in Austin and went to La Barbecue, which is just basically a food cart on a big vacant lot, a couple of picnic Mm -hmm. tables and three gigantic smokers. And I ended up waiting in line two hours to get barbecue and it was worth it. And that's, that's a story that you tell, you tell people, Mm -hmm. yeah, we went down there and they were giving away free beer and free soda. And we got, when we got up there, even though we were out to order, they were giving us free samples. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's a strange camaraderie. It almost reminds me of, uh, 
you know, if you've if you've been through an event, if you've been in, in, in the military and you meet somebody else from the military, there's kind of an instant bond there. And it's the same thing with barbecue. If you have, you know, if you're really into the, to the real world of barbecue and you discover somebody else that is too, there's an immediate bond there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, it's like, we've been friends forever, but we just met. And I think right. that's and really so unique. I believe that people want to hear your journey, your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to just read a list of ingredients. I mean, we're not against publishing recipes with, you know, just throw this stuff together, you know, one, two, three, you're done. Right. Uh, we're not totally against that. What I'm saying is, is that if you want to, if you want information, you can go to Google, you know, there's a fire hydrant full of information to consume there. But if you want stories, you can read StoryQ. You know? So that's that's what prompted us to create StoryQ magazine in summary. Uh, you know, we believe that barbecue is fun, easy, and amazing. It's not just it's not rocket science. I mean, there's an element of it that is complicated. But for the average backyarder, don't let that intimidate you. And then on the other hand. Don't make it too simplistic. It's it's a story. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. So, the um, one of the things um, I liked about Story Q was that first of all, it was it came out in a digital format. Now, there's been other people. Again, I've only been around the world of barbecue for about eight years, so I'm relatively new at this craft. But in that eight year period, I have seen where people uh, either either through the KCBS website or Memphis in May or something, but they launched a magazine and it, it didn't fly. What gave you the confidence that you could make Story Q work? And are you surprised at the success that it's had so far? Well, maybe I was just uh, too naive. Maybe that helped <laughs> didn't me out. Didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, I think there's really two main challenges in publishing a magazine. Um, I mean, you can break it down into your content and your readers. You know, you have to find good content, and it, it's an ongoing uh, search. You know, you don't, it's not just the once-and-done deal. A mag, the very nature of a magazine is that it, it's recurring. Yeah. So you have to find good content, and the other thing is you have to find readers and, and enough of them to make it sustainable. Um, and I don't, th- I don't think I would have had the courage to try it if I would have been completely new to the barbecue space, but we already had a good sized email list and we were, uh, we had a little, you know, some traction there and we were, we were also established as an authority for the Meta Creek equipment. Right. So that helped us get some, some, um, that helped us some getting established. Um, and then the other thing too, is that I realized that if we go the digital route, uh, we would have much less overhead. Uh, we would have a shorter production cycle than what we would have with the traditional print magazine. Because uh, we really did start on a low budget. It, we didn't have a lot of capital to put into it. It was more passion than than um, capital, I guess you could say. Well, the neat thing about going digital is that, you know, if you publish a digital magazine and it doesn't it doesn't make it. You're not stuck with a garage full of magazines. So right. there's, there's that aspect of it, too. How hard or was if it? You pu- or if you publish, you know, 
3,000 copies of one issue and you only end up selling two, you know, you have a thousand left over and you have all the, the scheduling and all that. Yep. And a very short window to sell all those magazines. So yeah, what, the neat thing with digital is people can go back, you know, and, and look at older copies and see uh, what was in there. And it, I just, I just really like it. I mean, I mean, I'm honored to be a writer and part of it, but uh, even if I wasn't, I'd still be a subscriber and reading it. But speaking of writing, was it hard to find quality writers to get you off the ground? Or was there just an well, eagerness and plethora of people out there that wanted to expound on this particular art? There was not, um, I mean, it was, it was a bit challenging, but there again, since we were ready working in barbecue, uh, some of that came naturally. Uh, Story Q has always been a mix of original content and curated content. Uh, I had connections with with some brands and you know people in barbecue world that wrote that wrote stories and recipes for me each month from the beginning. Uh, but we actually had we had a, a couple writers that came to us and asked if they could contribute, which was really exciting for me. Mm. Uh, you were, you, Frank, were one of those. And, uh, you know, it's just awesome as a magazine editor to get an email from some guy you've never heard of before. And he, he, he's wondering if he'd be able to, uh, send you an article for the magazine, you know? So it, as an editor, you're always looking for more content and especially, you know, of course, good content. Sure. Uh, Chris, Chris from Australia, he, he's been a faithful contributor for quite some time. I'd have to look back to see when he actually started, but he, he just, he came to me one time I mean, he wrote an email. I'd never met him before. And he won, he said he likes story cue and he's interested in contributing. So, you know, that's worked out really well. Um, so getting back to the, uh, the curated part of it, I mean, I, a, a portion of story cue is handpicked articles uh, recipes, so on from various, you know, websites or so stuff that's already public. Um, mm -hmm. And then we get permission to use it in story queue. And so each issue sort of becomes that unique, a unique collection of, of good stuff, you know, and we're able to produce the whole thing on a small budget, which, which gave us some time to get established. But well, one of the things that I thought stood out to me is the quality of the photography in Story Q. Uh, was it your intention to just make the entire world hungry every time they uh, opened up their iPads? <laughs> well, I guess. Because it's hard to I go through an issue without party, thinking, huh? <laughs> I've either go got to go out to my favorite barbecue place soon, or I've got to fire up my cooker. Yeah, well, the I really appreciate your your comments there. The You know, it's... The positive encouragement is really what keeps us going, and the, and the best part is that it gives us confidence to make it even better. But getting back to your question there, you know, the biggest handicap in publishing recipes, training, classes, uh, you know, digitally versus on-site is that, you know, you you lose a lot of the sizzle in that indescribable smell, you mm -hmm. know, that's coming off the smoker or the grill. True. So we're kind of at the mercy of words and photos. And uh, so we, you know, we think that mouthwatering photos are the best way to get 
the, the, the attention of the reader. Well, it gets my attention, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> There's really some great pictures in there. And, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I think, one of the neat things about barbecue is, you know, you can show other recipes and they always, recipes look good. Um, any cookbook that doesn't have pictures, it, it's just not the same. You want to see the dish and you go, wow, I would eat that. How can I make it? And I think mm-hmm. that carries right over to what you're doing with the uh, the quality of the photography and StoryQ. What's the best part of publishing StoryQ for you? I would say it's eating barbecue <laughs> and the fact that I get to do what I love to do. It's a job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, between publishing the magazine and also marketing Meadow Creek equipment, we do a lot of grilling and smoking. Yeah. So you might say, you know, eating barbecue is a byproduct of my work. Mm. Somebody has to do it. Exactly. You know, speaking of of Meadow Creek, uh, I know you have Yoder's Smoky Mountain Barbecue and a longstanding relationship with Meadow Creek and their their smokers, chicken cookers, and pig roasters. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, you told us how that came about, but uh, how has that relationship grown and why Meadow Creek? Well, back in 2006, uh, you know, a friend of mine, his name was Andy Yoder. He came, he invited us over for dinner, and they served us a uh, barbecue goat that he had cooked on a Meadow Creek pig roaster. Is that legal? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, we we didn't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> and he also ended up, er, not ended up, but he he happened to be a Meadow Creek uh, reseller. Uh-huh. Uh, and he he took us out to his warehouse and he showed us his inventory of smokers and pig roasters and grills and anyway. But most of the low and slow business was was completely new to me. I mean, I had you know I'd always loved you know outdoor cooking when I was growing up. You know, burgers, hot dogs, whatever. But this this whole thing of you know the offset smoking and low and slow ribs it was new to me. So we and en- I ended up uh, partnering up with him. Uh, to help him sell these this equipment online, and so in in 2007 we launched a website and started running some ads, and we started getting traction and making sales. And then later that year, he ended up leaving the country on a mission trip, and my brother Marlon took over the sales end of things, and we're still working together today. Uh, but within a year or two of when we got started, we had, we were Meta Creek's top online dealer, and a lot of that growth just came from from our email list and putting out recipes and Meta Creek related content. And, um, when, when I discovered uh, your website um, and I saw, you know, the free buyer's guide, that's the first thing that I downloaded. And uh, it was just, not only was it just well done, it really had some great content about barbecue in general and also about the, uh, the, the quality of Meadow Creek and, and what set them apart mm-hmm. from, from some other companies. So uh, it was... It was just great. I mean, this is all part of our barbecue story. And uh, I just quite quickly want to tell you how, you know, being a, in, in radio and in voiceover most of my adult life, how I stumbled into barbecue and how my mind has been split in half between I'd really like to have a barbecue restaurant or, or be competing, but then I still have to kind of focus on like, well, what actually pays the bills? And right now mm-hmm. it's it's my other craft. But... The way I kind of stumbled into the low, world of low and slow was uh, one Saturday morning, my wife and I got up, and there's a, a shopping center with a little coffee shop and supermarket and bakery not too far from our house, and we decided to ride our bikes over. 
So we get over there, and in one of the side parking lots, we see all this activity going on and smoke in the air, and we go over there, and they're getting set up for a barbecue contest. Now, it was something that a local barbecue restaurant was just putting on to promote themselves, but there was everything there from people with big double-barrel propane smokers, that, that Meadow, the, kind, the kind that Meadow Creek makes, if you look at their very biggest one, down to mm-hmm. people cooking on Little Smoky Joe Weber kettles and everything in between. And um, we were kind of early, but we talked to one of the guys there who happens to go to our church, and he was one of the organizers and has his own barbecue restaurant. And uh, he said, well, nothing really happens till noon. So we came back at noon, and um, they really weren't selling barbecue, but everybody that was in this little fun contest, which was more of a promotion for them, they were giving away samples. And I just happened to stumble into this one area and uh, was talking to a guy because his, his equipment looked different. And I said, uh, what are you cooking on? And he said, oh, I'm cooking on a Traeger uh, pellet grill, which I'd never mm-hmm. heard of. How do you cook on pellets? And, uh, you know, of course, being in barbecue, super friendly guy, showed me everything. He goes, I just pulled a pork butt off. You want to taste it? I said, absolutely. And it was fabulous. And uh, at that moment, I was hooked. I went back home and my wife, she said, I know that look on your face. You know, we're going to have another, <laughs> we're going to have another grill, so to speak. She calls them grills. You have another, another grill in the backyard? I said, well, look, let's, let's set a goal. If I do X much of business, I can, I'm going to buy one of these Traegers. And it turns out I met that goal, bought the Traeger. Somehow I was able to put it together by myself and I'm not mechanically inclined at all, but fired that thing up. And, uh, you know, first thing, if you've ever used a pellet cooker, the first time that the, uh, the rod ignites the pellets, there's just a huge amount of smoke. And then it kind of settles into its, to its thing. And I'm going, what have I done that I just, <laughs> you know, is there a fire <laughs> in the thing? Is my house going to catch right. on fire? But, um, the first thing I made on it was a pork butt and it was just fabulous. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm still. It's one of my more favorite addictions uh, because mm-hmm. it involves friends. It's fun. Um, you can create some good food, and like you say, the the camaraderie between people in barbecue is just really unique. And it's a great conversation starter. It's a great relationship builder. It's a great family sustainer because all you got to do is say, "I'm doing ribs this weekend," and the family's coming over. And, you know, and I think I even wrote an article about that for Story Creek. I mean, what's better than barbecue and family? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing's better than that. So, but I know you're busy. Last question. If you weren't in the barbecue business, what would you be doing? I also really enjoy woodworking. Uh, You know, so I don't know. It's kind of a hard question, but it it would probably have to be something related to uh, creativity and publishing, uh, maybe Building creative stuff out of wood with the publishing channel online would, mm-hmm. would really be attractive to me. I find it interesting how people from very different walks of life somehow become involved in the barbecue business. And uh, there, there are some people that grew up around it and they knew, you know, they were they were cooking since they were little kids mm-hmm. or their their dad had a place or there was a restaurant in the family. And it's just it was just very natural. But I think the most of most of the people that are either now involved in barbecue, interested in barbecue, or just the backyard people who are seeking to make the best barbecue they can for their friends and family, uh, they've got something else going on, but there's a portion of their heart 
that is all barbecue. And I think that's one of the great things about it that uh, somebody who isn't, you know, driven to barbecue uh, misses. So I'm right. glad I didn't miss it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm uh, a small part of it uh, in, with my connection to you and Story Q magazine. So, Well, uh, I'm very thankful to have you on board with us. And, uh, you know, with, as we talk about the Story Q journey here, it's I don't I don't know what the future holds exactly. But, you know, so looking back the last three years, you know, it's taken a lot of hard work and even some all-nighters to make it successful. Mm-hmm. But I really want to give God the credit for working things out. You know, part of the, the reason for our success is that certain things have fallen in place that I had nothing to do with. Yeah. You know, it's just very satisfying now to sit back and to see the 200-plus ratings on the App Store with an average of four and a half stars, you know. Like I said earlier, the, the, the positive feedback just really gives us confidence to c- keep making it better. And we're we're here for the backyarders that are just getting started, um, even people that, that that have, you know, years of experience but are looking for, continue, you know, ongoing inspiration and creative ideas. You know, that's what, that's what StoryQ is all about. And here you and I are today launching our first podcast. Yeah. So we hope to make this. It is. It is exciting. I'm, I'm excited for sure. And I'm really glad that you took time out of your day to be part of the very first one. I don't think we could really launch a podcast without you being a major part of the, the debut uh, program. Our initial plan, and we'll see how this pans out, uh, our initial plan is to publish a, a podcast each week. And then, of course, Story Q comes out once a month, and uh, it'll all be part of everything. So that story, we can kind of all of us involved with Story Q can kind of reach out and reach more people on a more consistent basis, who just can't wait thirty days for the next Story Q magazine to come out. So yeah, I look forward to seeing how that pans out. I well, think it's a great plan. Well, I think you've uh, you've done a great job today explaining what Story Q is about and and how it came about and all that history. And I just want to. Thank you for your time. Thank you, thank you for allowing me to be uh, again a small part of it, and uh, I look forward to a long, happy podcasting relationship. Well, you're very welcome, Frank. I and again, I really appreciate your, you know, what you've done. It means a lot. Well, that brings us to the end of the first Story Q podcast. We hope you like what you heard, and will subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and share this link with your friends. If you have a product or service related to the business of barbecue and would like to sponsor one or all of our StoryQ podcasts, please send an email to laverne at storyq.com. That's laverne, L-A-V-E-R-N, at storyq.com. Until next week, I'm Frank Erickson for the StoryQ podcast. Take care, my friends. Music.